0: Amen. Enjoyed that uh, song this morning, Brother Dan. Thank you so much for that. And if God's been good, say amen this morning. He's been good. He is good. He is always good. And I am so thankful for that. And uh, what a blessing it is to hear uh, Brother Dan up here this morning, leading us in worship, singing that song and uh, knowing what he's been through. And uh, God is good. Amen. And so I am thankful for the God we serve. If you got your Bibles this morning, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I know you're shocked right now because we didn't go to Acts 2. We've been going there for a while, but 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to continue uh, to study through um, our, our vision for the coming year. Uh, for this coming year, as we look ahead and uh, this morning, I want to look at uh, we are saved to serve. As you see up there on the screen, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6, saved to serve. And uh, I want to look at our, uh, what God has asked of us and what he requires of us. And what I also view scripturally as our reasonable service is to give our lives to service to God. And so we'll look at that in 2 Corinthians 4. Let me recap briefly before, uh, before we get into our text this morning, kind of what we've been through already. Uh, we looked at the very first Sunday there in January at being a church that fulfills the Great Commission. We looked at a church that is busy about doing God's work, busy about spreading the gospel. We looked at adding to the kingdom. And with that being said, reaching out into our communities, our homes, our neighborhoods, the places we shop, the places we go, the school the kids attend, and, and reaching out into this area. This is, this is our Jerusalem, and to add to the kingdom, to go and to reach and to win people to Christ. We looked at that first and foremost was adding to the kingdom. We looked at multiplying the kingdom, which is our missions program, and continuing to do as we have done, seeking to send and to support and to reach the gospel into all the world. Right? We have a desire and a heart to win Ashland to Christ, but we also want to win the world to Christ, and we play a role in that. I've heard it said there's missionaries all over this place, and they're hanging by a rope in a, a, a cave with no bottom, and the, the ones holding the under end of that rope is the church. And church, if we let go, that missionary falls. And so we want to reach and we want to support and we want to pray and we want to go and we want to be a part of saying the gospel throughout this entire landscape that all the world may know that the Lord is God and there is none else. And all the world would know, as we heard in the song, that God is good. That's what we want. And so taking the gospel here and spreading it throughout the world. We want to be a church that prays, that prays for lost people to be saved and that prays for saved people to go be laborers. And to win this world to Christ. We want to pray for that. We want to equip the church and we want to have opportunities, and we're going to continue to do so to have opportunities to invite people to church and different things to to reach out into our community to, to do so, whether it's through social media or through flyers or tracks, gospel tracks, or visitation programs, or on and on. We're going to have opportunities to go and to spread the gospel. And so we looked that first Sunday at winning the world to Christ. Then we looked that Sunday night at growing, but not in number. Obviously, we want to grow in number. We want to grow in likeness to Jesus Christ. My heartbeat and my prayer as a church is that we, myself, and you look more like Jesus next year than we do this year. We're growing in our image and likeness of Jesus Christ. We're we're growing in our relationship with him. And we talked about how we would do that through having regular meeting times, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I'll plug those just again real quick. If you can be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, be here. There's no better place to be than getting charged with the Word of God, being around God's people, being encouraged by God's people, and hearing the Word of God. We all need it, and so I encourage you, if you can be here, to be here. We looked at Sunday school. If you're not in a Sunday school class, we have many opportunities, from the youngest to the oldest. Sunday class is available for all people. If you're not in one, see me, see one of the teachers, and we can help get you plugged in to, again, develop relationships and to grow in your knowledge of the Word of God. We looked at discipleship and how we'll continue to do that. On Wednesday nights, that's exactly what we're doing as we're studying through. And we've been looking through how we know the Bible is God's word for several weeks. And we'll continue that for a week or maybe more. We'll see. Uh, We've been studying through some of that. We talked about the preaching and our personal time being challenged. And then last Sunday, we looked at a church that's pure. We know that a church that's pure has power. A church where there's impurities loses its power. And we looked at some illustrations in that in the scripture. We looked at it as a church, we must consistently be dealing with sin in our lives. We all have it. None of us are perfect. None of us have arrived. The Apostle Paul wasn't perfect, therefore I know I'm not perfect. Amen? And so we all must be dealing with sin and seeking to live a life that's pure. The church has been called to be set apart, to be different. Again, not better, but different than the world. We should, people should look to the church and see people who are sold out for the, 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 for the gospel's sake and for the good of mankind and for God's glory. And they should see that in the church. And so we know we need to be dealing with sin in our lives, that we don't become a stumbling block for others. We need to be pure. And we looked on that Sunday night of the story of Achan, and we looked at how sin infiltrated by one man in into the camp. And it caused some major problems. And that sin had to be dealt with before they could move forward. And so we looked at being a church that's pure. And so we want to be a church that's reaching, reaching every soul we can with the gospel. We want to be a church that those who have been reached are growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to be a church that's pure. And this morning we're going to look at, once we get all these things, uh, they're going to begin to morph into one, but we'll see a church that serves. And you can see there on the screen, saved to serve. A balanced church, a church that's saved to serve. We give our service back to the Lord. If you find your place there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, I want to invite you this morning to stand with me to honor God's perfect and holy word. If you don't have a Bible this morning, there should be one in the pew back there in front of you. Feel free to grab and use it uh, as you see fit. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. It says therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness nor in handling the word of god deceitfully but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of god but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost and whom the god of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ who is the image of god should shine unto them for we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you, and God, I thank you so much that we can come this morning, and, and we have your word, and your spirit, and your house, and your people. We can gather this morning and sing worship songs unto you, and, and thank you for all that you've done, and Lord, we can open your word, and God, you didn't leave us in the dark. You gave us your word to, to learn more of you. And Father, I pray for this hour, for this time, that we would set aside everything else and be attentive to what you would have for us. And Lord, may we be a people, a church, that patterns our lives after your word, seeks to bring glory to your name, and also seeks to win lost to you. And Lord, may you give the increase today. I pray if there's one today that's not saved, I pray they would get saved. I pray for any person in the room who needs to make a decision, whether it's baptism, discipleship, join the church, a closer walk, forsake sin, whatever it is, Lord, I pray they would make that decision. They would take that next step in their walk with you. And Father, we just completely surrender this this service into your hands. Father, help me to get out of the way. May your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. So we'll look today at uh, serving. I want to remind you, if I've said just about every service I've preached, uh, this is not my church. This is Jesus' church. It's his church. He establishes. it. He builds it. And it's all for his glory. Matthew 16 18, he says, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's Jesus' church. Amen? This is not my church. It's not your church. It's his church. And if we want to do church that honors God, we must go to his word and do church his way. He has established it in his word. He's given us a blueprint for how to do it. We must simply choose to obey and to trust and obey as the song is sung. And so this morning and this evening... I want to look at one aspect of that, and that is service to our Lord, to labor for the Lord, to because we are saved, we serve. I want to piggyback on that for a minute. We do not serve to be saved, but because we are saved, we serve. Because our Lord saw fit to save me, to do a great work in my life, I owe my service back to him. He's done a tremendous work in my life. We've heard the songs. He is good. All of these things are true. And because of that, I want to serve my God. I want to give my life for service to him. That looks different for each person. If there is anything a real church requires, it's real labor. And a church that's been around, this is the the 70th year of First Baptist Church. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. So you think about the labor that's been through the 70 years that's happened up until this point today. Think about 70 years of people serving, 70 years of people preaching, 70 years of people teaching and, 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 and uh, interacting with the kids and snuggling babies for 70 years and, and visitation programs for 70 years and youth programs and children's programs. And what a blessing that is. Amen. There's many people in this room that were impacted by those ministries and those people who labored. Amen. There's people who have served and have been impacted by those very things. And so if there's anything I know about a real church is it requires real labor. It requires us sometimes to roll up our sleeves and to get our hands dirty and to get plugged in and to serve and to work and to put in the time. We know that God blesses that. Again, we do not do that to be saved, but because God saved us, we serve him. We're, we know there's going to be some challenges. We look in the book of Acts. You study through the book of Acts. As they began the church and all the things unfolded from there, they labored, they served, they plowed, they worked. Were there challenges all the time, right? They faced them, but they kept going. And we'll look into some of that. This morning as well. And so we see that pattern of a real church laboring for the glory of God. Is serving the Lord important, you ask? Does the Lord ask of us to serve him? What is required of me to serve? Why is serving the Lord so important? We'll look into some of those things this morning. I fully believe that serving the Lord is vital for the Christian's growth. I fully believe that for a Christian to grow in their relationship and their knowledge and their understanding of God, it requires us to serve. I liken it under this, and I should have brought an illustration with me this morning, but I didn't. But if you think about a sponge, we don't use sponges a lot today because people think they're like, they, they hold bacteria and all this stuff, right? So we don't use a lot. My mom used to clean with a sponge all the time when I was a kid. I remember that. But now they don't do that. They use those disposable things. We throw everything away this generation, right? What's wrong with us? Anyway, but anyway, had a sponge. You think about a sponge. You put that sponge in the water, and it soaks up the water. And you bring it out, and as soon as you wring it out, that water exits, and then it can take on more water. And then it releases some, and then it can take on more. But what happens to a sponge if you dip it into water and you just set it off to the side? It eventually goes stagnant. It'll start stinking. It'll start growing some bacteria and some mold and some mildew. Also, what happens to that sponge, if you take it out of that water and you wring it out as much as you can get it, and then you just set it off to the side, it's going to dry out. It's going to start to brittle and break apart. And so you see in that process that sponge, there's a time it needs to be filled up. And then there's a time it needs to be squeezed a little bit. And the more that happens, the healthier that sponge stays because it has a process, right? In the life of the Christian, it's the same way. There's a time where we need to be taking in the Word of God and being taught the Word of God and and taking those things in, being filled. And there also needs to be a time in my life and in your life where I'm being stretched, a time where I'm being wrung out, so to speak, like a sponge, and where I'm being pushed outside of my comfort zone to do something for God. And as we do those things, it equals growth. I remember when I first was getting plugged into the church and they asked me to serve in the Iwana program. I was scared to death. All these crazy kids running around downstairs and they're running around Wednesday night and there's a bunch of them and they're, they're crazy down there. I remember walking down through there and you just walk through there and you just, if you get upstairs alive, you, you were victorious that night. I remember they called me up and they says, hey, we need some help in Iwana, can you be a helper? I was like, oh man, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I had to go in and all my job was was to go in the, the handbook time and the kids would recite their Bible verses to me. I was like, I got this. I can do this. And I remember sitting there, and as I'm serving, and these kids are coming in, and they're giving me their Bible verses, and they're quoting their verses to me. And I'm going, I didn't know that verse. And then the next little kid would come up and give me a Bible verse. And I'm like, man, I don't know that verse either. And what it did to me was it made me realize I need to grow. So as I served, it caused me to grow. Then I remember growing a little bit more, going on visitation with my pastor. My pastor taking me out and letting me tow along and, and be his shadow on visitation for a long time. And he would knock on doors and win people to Christ and invite people to church. And I just was taking it all in. And then finally the time came. we pull up in a driveway and he says, all right, this one's yours. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I was scared to death to knock on that first door. But that enabled me to grow. Because the more you do that, the more you grow. And so I'll say this about serving the Lord. It is crucial for our growth. We need to serve to grow. When we sit, I've heard it said, like a sponge, we sit, we soak, we sour. We need to sometimes be wrung out, stretched, pulled, and challenged to serve more. And that enables us to grow. As we look through the book of Acts, we see that they did that. They labored. They were challenged. I want to take you to a few places in Scripture, and I'll, I'll give you the verses. We'll get to the, we'll get to the first points of lesson here in a minute. First Thessalonians 2, nine says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, Because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. He says there, Apostle Paul says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day. They were faithful to labor. They were faithful to serve. Paul poured himself into the work. He poured himself into the work of the Lord. And what a testimony that was for him. We see laboring for the Lord is not reserved for some, but it's for all. We know it's for all believers. All believers are called to serve. All believers are called to labor. All believers are called to do these things. Now, we think of the word servant, and today the word servant carries with it a bad connotation, right? We say, I'm nobody's servant. I don't answer to anyone, right? My kids can't stand it when I tell them they have to do things because they feel like my, they're my little servants, right? But, hey, they are. Amen? on it, they are. You better get them dishes done, right? And so they don't like that word, right? But back in biblical times, they carried the name servant as a badge of honor. There's all throughout scripture, Moses, Joshua, Abraham, Paul, Peter, and others. They wore the the name of a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ as a badge of honor. They were proud and they were pleased to be a servant of the one true king. They did not see that as a bad thing. Matter of fact, when Moses died in Joshua 1, 1 and 2, it says, now after the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, it came to pass. And they go on to say some other things. We see he was called a servant of the Lord, and that was a good thing. It was a good thing that Moses was a servant. Joshua steps up, takes his place. And when Joshua died, Judges 2.8 says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. It was an honor to be called a servant of the Lord. The apostle Paul called himself in Romans 1.1. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. He called himself, says, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. He saw it as a good thing. Peter said the same thing, Simon Peter, a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so to be called a servant today carries with it a bad connotation, but to be a servant of my Lord and my Savior and the God of heaven is a blessing and an honor. It is a good thing to be a servant of Christ, and we see scripturally we are called to do so. You may hear this and say, well, my service to the Lord looks nothing like the Apostle Paul, Peter, Moses, or Joshua. And I get that, but that doesn't mean it's not important. That doesn't mean that your service is not important. All service is important. All that God sees, he sees all, he knows all that is done. And everything we do for the name and for the sake of the gospel and for the glory of God is important. It matters not whether it's something out in the front, up on the pulpit, up on a platform. It can be something behind the scenes that nobody sees, and it is still very important. And God sees it all. Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. He will not forget it. He says, I will not forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. It's a continual thing, right? He says he will not forget that thing. He will not forget the work. He will not forget the labor. You did it and you're still doing it. He challenges us here to serve. And so being in the forefront is not what it's all about. Serving God is what it's all about. And that looks a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. No matter how insignificant or significant we deem our service to be, God sees all and he knows all. Along our way in serving the Lord, sometimes we get derailed. We get caught up in what people say or what people do or what happens to us. When I was serving the Lord, I first got hired on in 2012 at the Lighthouse Baptist Church where I came from. And, and the very first thing my pastor did is, is he put me, he, 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 was a, he was a very wise man very first thing he did was he put me in property and grounds and says, your job is to clean the building. What a humbling thing to do, right? He says, you clean the building. I was like, all right, I got this. And I remember I would take every Tuesday, I would take the entire day, I would put my my headphones in, I'd listen to podcasts and sermons all day long and and just go clean it, man. Cleaning bathrooms and sweeping and mopping floors. I remember doing that. And there was one room that I hated to clean. And it was a youth room. I would go into that youth room, and every time I'd walk in on Tuesday and open that youth room door, I knew what I was going to see before I walked in. I'd walk into that youth room, and I'd be like, oh, my goodness, these teenagers. And there would be cereal everywhere, and there would be powdered donuts on the floor. And I'm like, what are they doing in here? And I would clean it up and get all upset, and I'd get it all cleaned up. I'd do it, but my heart was so wrong doing it, so wrong. And I remember getting fed up and fed up and fed up, and finally I was like, and Jared uh, Bevan was our a youth pastor at the time, and I remember one day I went in on Tuesday, and I was like, "That's it!" And I get my phone out and I snap a photo, and I send it to him. I'm like, "This is ridiculous!" And then that night, the Lord like did something in my heart, and He's like, "You know what?" Those teenagers are hearing about Jesus. Get over yourself. I remember God working in my heart saying, just clean the stupid room. All right. It's fine. I remember being like, yes, Lord. And that next Tuesday, I walk in and just smiling and cleaning. Right. Just getting it done. So you think about sometimes we get derailed. It's easy for us sometimes in our service to get derailed by circumstances or things that happen. They can happen. But the reality is we're not doing it for people. We serve for God. We're serving for him. No matter what we're doing, it's service unto the Lord. I remember working in youth ministry for three years. And if you ever worked with teens, how many in here have ever worked with teenagers? Boy, that's a, that's a challenging work, Dirk, right? It's a challenging work. It's, it, it, it seems sometimes with teenagers like you're not getting anywhere, right? Those of you parents with teens understand this. But then teens will do something and they'll remind you they are getting it. They are getting it. But youth ministry can sometimes be difficult, but boy, there is some amazing fruit that comes out of youth ministry. Amen? And so sometimes we just have to not let some of our, our, our thoughts or things slip in away or people slipping away. Just stay the stay focused, stay focused on the Lord, keep plugging along youth ministry, keep plugging along in any ministry for that matter, and keep serving. We sometimes along the way say once what, what what once was a privilege now has become a burden. What used to us view as a privilege to serve God now has become a burden to serve God. Because sometimes our eyes get off of the one who we're serving and onto the problems in which we're cleaning up right? And so we must keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. It's a wonderful thing to serve God. We get to serve God. Every one of us in this room are unworthy to serve God, yet he allows us to serve him. I'm unworthy to be a pastor, but God, by his grace and mercy, allows me to be a pastor, and praise God for that. He allows us to serve. There was a gentleman who I worked with for countless years. He drove a church van every single Sunday morning and every single Wednesday night, as long as I can remember and I would do the transportation list. I'd hand him a list and I would send him in to some of the toughest parts of town to go pick up a van full of kids. And I say a van full, I'm talking hanging out the windows, kind of crazy stuff, right? Probably illegal, but we won't get into that. Right? He would go pick up these kids and he would bring them in, and that van would be, it would come in, the, it'd be rocking when it poured into the because the kids were going crazy. And he would get off, and every week I'd give him his list and he'd say, Thank you for allowing me to drive. And I'm just like, Man, praise God, this guy's got rewards in heaven I don't know of. Like most people are like, get me off that van. He's like, let me go get those kids. Praise God, I get a chance to do it. He was happy about his privilege to serve. You think about serving the Lord. If we are, if our eyes are focused on the one who we're serving and not on everything else, we'll find it a privilege and we get to serve God. and It is a blessing to serve him. Psalm 8410 says for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. What a blessing it is for you and I to get to serve God. You allow us to sink deep within our minds and our hearts, the work we do throughout the week. Not necessarily me, because I get to work at church all week. For those of you that go out into this world and work all week, there's a lot of great things we do in this world. A lot of things may be good for people. Maybe you provide a great service for someone or products for someone. Or maybe you care for individuals and all those things are positive and good. And amen, praise the Lord. And those are your opportunities as well to serve and minister inside of those things. We think about an eternal work something that lasts beyond the moment someone takes their last breath. I remember when I worked for Sam's for, for 15 years and I'd worked my way up into a certain position and, and it, was a, it was a good position. Everything was good. Life was good. Pay was good. But God began to do a work in my heart and I realized that how much money Sam's Club puts on the bottom line means nothing the minute I die. The minute someone else dies, it means nothing. But what does matter is every single soul that I come in contact with. Every single person that I know, every single person in our community, every single person throughout this world. And what God began to do in my life is to transition my heart away from dollars and cents and business and onto souls and people. You think about the eternal work of serving the Lord is so great. And everyone that serves plays a role. Whether you hear here and you snuggle babies in a nursery, you play a role in someone getting saved. Whether you clean a toilet and no one knows it, you play a role in someone getting saved. Whether you mow or weed eat or clean or change light bulbs or do whatever it is you do, you play a role in the gospel being sent because you're enabling other people to go. And so praise God for every bit of service. All service contains eternal value. And I remind you what Hebrews 6.10 says. He says, I will not forget your work and labor of love. God sees it all. And so, my friend, if our minds are right and our hearts are right and our our vision is right and our eyes are focused on Jesus, we see service as a wonderful opportunity. You think about the eternal value of that and what that lies beyond that very moment. What else can we do in this world that has such a significant value than the service unto God to see people saved, baptized? And all service plays a role in those things. Not all jobs in our world today do those things, but we see inside of the church that is the case. Not all jobs in the service order or platform jobs are out in front. But my friend, everyone is gifted to serve. If you're a born again believer, God has given you a gift. Now, you must figure out what that gift is, right? But God has given us a gift. For some, maybe it's teaching. For others, it's singers. I don't know about you, but I cannot sing. I wish I could sing. I wish I could. I, real quick story. Stories get me in trouble every week. But my pastor is a horrible singer. And I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Sorry, Pastor Ryan, if you're listening. He's a horrible singer. And there was a perfect storm that happened one Wednesday night. If you ever watch me up here during worship, you'll see me like double checking my mic. You know why I'm doing that? You do not want to hear me singing, right? It's bad. It's real bad. I'm a horrible singer. There was a Wednesday night back home when I, I was with the youth, but that Wednesday night, uh, Gabe's on the, on the platform singing the worship songs. And pastor's down the front row, and he's singing along as well. And something happened to Gabe's mic, and it went out. Well, preacher has never done this. He's, he's like clockwork about it, but for whatever reason, his mic was on. And so he's singing, and he has no idea that they can hear him. And he's just letting it rip, and it is awful. <laughs> And everybody can hear it, and it was recorded, and so all the staff, we got it, we saved the clips, we sent it to him, we're messing with him. We're like, you're so terrible, and we're just dogging our preacher out, but everyone heard him sing, and it was so bad. And so some have the gift to sing, and maybe you're like me, and yet you didn't get that gift. I missed that one, right? But we all have a gift in some way, shape, or form. Some can sing. Some can teach. Some love children. Some love teenagers, right? Some love to be behind the scenes. Like, I don't want to be seen. I just want to come help in any way I can. There's opportunities there. And so there's places for people to serve in all kinds of things. And I remind you that a church is like a body and it has different parts, but they all come together and work together for the good. And so it's good that we have different gifts and different abilities and different things we do. Some like to be behind the scenes. As I say, you think about local church ministry, it cannot take place without labor. And so I want to begin to dive in this morning. Point one that was a long intro to point one, but uh, recognizing our role. And uh, you think about recognizing our role. Mark ten forty-five. We have one we can look to, and Jesus we can look to, and we know what it says about Him, right? If you look there on the screen, Mark ten forty-five says, "For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give His life a ransom for many." Our Lord and Savior, God, <laughs> King of Kings, Lord of Lords, on the throne, left it and didn't come down to be served. But he came down to serve. He came down to give his life. We have a perfect illustration and example in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And for every one of us, we have the same responsibility to be servants. We realize it began at salvation. The very moment I got saved, I am now a laborer in God's kingdom. I am now one who serves in God's kingdom. Every Christian is called to labor for the Lord. Paul began this passage in 2 Corinthians 4.1. He says, Therefore... Seeing we have this ministry, we have this ministry, speaking to the church, we have a ministry, we have something we can do. Again, it looks different for everyone, but we all have something in God's kingdom and God's work that we can do. Whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's singing, whether it's kids, whether it's teens, whatever it is, we have a ministry. The word therefore tells us that something was mentioned prior to this, and so we must look to see what it was there for. We know what he's speaking of prior was in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, he says, who has also made us able ministers of the New Testament. New Testament's the gospel. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says this. He says, because of that, because you've been made able ministers of the gospel, he says, we have this ministry. And my friends, you and I here today who are in Christ, we've been given a ministry. We've been given an opportunity to serve. We've been given an opportunity to be able to use our gifts, our talents, our abilities, our time, our talents, our treasures to serve the one true God. And that is a blessing. That is a blessing to be able to do that. It is a blessing to be able to serve God in any way, shape, or form. We see service all throughout the text. We know in Acts when the church began to get so big that the apostles could not keep up with the widows, what did they do? Let's stop and let's get some deacons to help us out. And they got some deacons. The word deacon means servant. That's what it is. And they came along and they helped serve the widows so that they can continue what? The preaching and praying and the teaching, right? The gospel going forward. And so servants enable the gospel to reach further. The more we come together, the more we serve, the more we work together, the more we're we're all in unison together serving God in all these different uh, areas. It enables the gospel to only reach out further. It enables the gospel to continue to reach So we need to have a heart and a mind as we see in Christ. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life. We know in Philippians chapter two, it says, speaking of Christ, says who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And it says, He took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Our God, Jesus, took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of you and I. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, yet He took upon our nature, to, or took upon our sin for, for you and for I. He served us. And are we greater than our Lord? No. Our Lord left the throne of heaven and came not to be served, but to serve. He came to give His life for you and for I. And so I would suffice it to say that he is worthy of our service. I would suffice it to say that we should give our lives as service to him. And as a matter of fact, I believe the scriptures tell us it's our reasonable service to give unto him. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. It is our reasonable service to serve God. And so at the moment of salvation, it began, and he has now challenged us to give our lives in service to him. D.L. Moody said this, A good many are kept out of the service to Christ because they are trying to do some great thing. Let us be willing to do little things, and let us remember that nothing is small in which God is the true source. We don't have to be doing some great thing. We just need to do what God's called us to do. Amen. Wherever he has us, whatever he's gifted us to do, we don't need to do some great work. Do the small things. Do the little things and serve as God has called us to serve. Every saint is a servant. Every member is a minister. And together we labor and we do it all not for our glory. It's not my church. It's not your church. We do it for him because it's his church. So we serve together for him. And so number one, we see that we clearly uh, begins our our responsibility begins uh, at salvation. Next, we see we begin, we, uh, we continue uh, by mercy. Only by God's mercy is continued ministry possible. 2 Corinthians 4.1, go back to your text there. He says, we have this ministry. The second part of that says, as we have received mercy, we faint not. How do we continue? We continue because God allows us to continue. Charles Spurgeon noted, if we give God service, it must be because he gives us grace. We work for him because he works in us. And so it's because of his mercy and it's because of his grace we are able to serve. We are desperately in need of God's grace. My friends, I'm desperately in need of God's grace to serve him. You are as well. We are in need of God's grace to continue. Sometimes a Sunday school teacher teaches a class all the while carrying a heavy heart for something going on in their life. But they continue because of God's mercy. Sometimes a nursery worker may be snuggling babies and caring for the babies. All the while, they're weeping and crying over something going on in their own life. My friends, just because we serve doesn't mean life gets easy. And so it's by mercy we continue. It's by God's grace and mercy we continue. And he tells us because of this mercy in Second Corinthians 4.1, he says, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We won't stop. We will continue to serve. There was a young lady who I watched go through a horrible experience in her life. She was trying her best to do all she could, serve the Lord, be faithful, she was born again, but she had a situation going on in her personal life that was just awful. And I watched her go through this and battle this and countless sessions sitting in with with Pastor and myself and talking through some of these things and just seeing her just broken and pouring her heart out. And she would leave out of that room and she would go and serve in Awana. I remember watching her continue. And one of the things that really hit me about this lady was that even though her personal life was not easy and what she was dealing with was hard and it was challenging and many people would have thrown their hands up and walked away, she just kept pressing on. She just kept serving. And I know she was down there loving on those kids carrying a heavy heart. My friends, just because we're serving doesn't mean life's going to get easy. But because, I remind you, as we have received mercy and grace, we faint not. God carries us through those times. God helps us through those times. She's come out of the backside of that and she's doing wonderful today and she's still serving, praise God. She's still serving the Lord. And so we see that God carries us through those times. God is the one who shows us mercy and grace and comforts us. Second Corinthians 1, he says, who comforteth us in all tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. You know what's happened in that young lady's life? Now she's able... Because she went through that period of difficulty and through that period of trials and did not faint, did not quit, did not give up. Now, guess what she's able to do Who others who go through that. She can come alongside and help comfort them because she knows she's been there and she's done that. And so we see that God enables us to endure through these things. It's by his grace and by his mercy we do it. And as a result of that, now we can help others. Serving others doesn't negate our own needs. We must tend to ourselves, too. I remind you of that sponge. That sponge must frequently be dipped to stay healthy, right? And so we must frequently be taking care of ourselves, too. And that means we need to be under preaching and teaching. We need to be making sure we're in the Word of God. We need to be re- make sure we're praying and spending time with God and, and, and managing our own personal walk with Christ. Because if we don't ever dip the sponge and we just keep squeezing it, it'll dry out, it'll crack, it'll rot. It must be a, a continuous cycle, a continuous cycle of being filled and giving. And so we must balance ourselves, too. We can't give so far that we don't take care of our own selves. There must be a balance in that. We see every member is called to serve. Every member is called to labor. The body of Christ is made up of different parts, and we all come together as a whole. We serve the Lord, and it's a blessing and an honor and a privilege to be able to do that. It is a tremendous blessing to serve God. No matter what area of service we have, it is a tremendous blessing. I want to challenge you to grab that insert that I put in your your bulletin there. If you've got it with you there. Inside that insert, you'll see a couple of things. I didn't list everything. Mainly because I can't get it all on one page. Amen. But I want to I want to challenge you with something this morning. I don't know where you find yourself in service to God, but here's, here's what I see for the vision of the church. I look at the, the church as a whole, and as I begin to think about our future, I begin to look ahead and trying to forecast you know ahead and, and prayerfully seeking God God where do you want us to go where do you want us to go as a church there is something i know we must do there is something i know as a church we must never forget there are little children that we must not leave behind there are little children we must seek to train up it happens in the home and it must happen in the home but we must invest in our children we must invest in those generations and that generation is behind us and i want to make sure that at every single time we open the doors of First Baptist Church, we have something available for nursery and for children. I want to make sure we're taking those kids and we're teaching them because I can't tell you the value of that. All three of my kids, we were talking about this in Sunday school this morning, all three of my kids are saved, praise God. No greater feeling than no, all your kids are saved. All three of my kids got saved in children's ministry at church. All right? How many of you all have kids that got saved in children's ministry at church? Many of you do. I want you to think about something for a moment. We can't forget a generation behind us. We can't forget that generation. We must be taking care of those kids. Those kids, the more they're at church, that is a good thing. Amen? That is a very good thing. And so the more we can have them here. But if you think about our children's ministry right now, we have Sunday morning. We have something for the kids. And praise God for those who are pouring into those kids every Sunday morning. On Sunday night, we do when we have the kids choir and that program gearing up, which starts up this coming Sunday night, mind you. On Wednesday night right now, we don't have anything. And so we are going to begin immediately having something for children at every single service we open these doors. On Sunday night, we're going to have something for the kids. Tammy's taking them next Sunday night. On Wednesday nights, my wife is going to take them every single Wednesday night and teach them. If there's a kid that comes, if there's one or if there's 50, it doesn't matter. She's going to go teach them. And so we're going to have something for our kids. And so if you want to help, if maybe that's something that God's laid on your heart, you can let me know that. If you want to help in junior church, whether that's on a Wednesday night, a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, Feel free to check that and let me know those things. You think about our nursery. Right now we have nursery opportunities on Sunday morning, but yet we do not on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Nursery is an important ministry. If you have a, those of you that have babies understand this. And as you uh, think back to the time in which you did have little babies, having them in service is challenging. Right? You're, you're squeezing ears, you're pinching legs, telling them to hold still. Right? You're trying to keep them, you're trying to juggle things, and you're trying to pay attention to the pastor while he's talking all at the same time. is tough. And so nursery is important. Right now we have nursery on Sunday morning, but not on Sunday night and not on Wednesday night. My vision for First Baptist Church is we have nursery open and available every single service so that parents can come, bring their kids, bring their babies, put them in, and the parents can get fed, the kids get fed, the toddlers and the babies get taken care of, and everybody grows. And so we need some help in the nursery. And so maybe you want to work. There's two rooms. There's an infant room where you just snuggle babies, and that's fun. Amen. Amen. Just love on them little babies. And then there's a toddler room where you might roll around and uppercut some kids. Don't do that, but you can play with the kids, have some good time with them. So maybe you're like, I'll do one or the other. Or maybe you'll say, I'll serve wherever you need me in the nursery. There's a box for that too. You let me know if you want to help in the nursery. Transportation, picking up. I know we're talking, Dirk's talking about Wednesday nights, picking up some teens. Uh, Right now we have some faithful people who go out every single Sunday morning and pick up kids and praise God for that. And if you want to help and be a backup driver or go out on a Wednesday night, We'll send you out on Wednesday night to go pick up some kids, and we'll bring them in, and we'll teach them about Jesus. And so transportation ministry, if you want to help run a van on a Wednesday night or, or be a part of that ministry or help just go along and be an extra help on the vans with the current drivers, let me know that. Worship ministry, if you want to sing in choir or special singer, again, let me know those things. I'll say this. I just want to challenge our church to be serving somewhere, and there's a lot of other areas of service than just this. There's, a, there's many other areas. And there's that connection card that's also in your thing. It says, find a place for me to serve. If you're just not sure where you want to serve and you want to help find a place, you check that box, give me that, and I'll help you. All right, we'll get you plugged in. I know this, service to God is important. He's called us to serve. He says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, he's given us, First Baptist Church, a ministry. And may we just be faithful and diligent to serve him. By mercy, we will continue and not faint. And may the end result be God's glory and souls being saved. Amen. Let that be our heartbeat. May the body come together and serve and bring glory and honor to our Father. And so I'll ask you this question in closing. If you're not serving somewhere, find a place to get plugged in. Check the connection card box. Check one of these boxes. Come see me. Call me tomorrow. Get a hold of me. We'll figure it out. We'll get you plugged in. If you are serving, praise God. Keep doing it, right? If you already are plugged in, praise the Lord. Keep serving. Keep plugging ahead. Keep going. It is important. And I'll remind you, Hebrews 6 says that he sees those things. And so be faithful in the area that you're already in. And keep your eyes fixed upon the Lord. And make sure, remember you're a sponge. Make sure you're squeezing, but also make sure you're refilling that sponge. Make sure you're doing the things you need to do to stay healthy in your walk with God. And so I'll just challenge you as we close to be thinking about service to God. He's given us a ministry. He's enabled us to serve. It's a blessing to do it. And if you don't have a place of service, use the connection card, use this, let me know, we'll help you. We want to be able to continue to move forward, and moving forward requires service. And so we need help, and I will, we need some people to serve. And so if you're able to serve and you're not, let me know, and we'll help get you plugged in. And my friend, I'll close with this. If you're here this morning, most importantly, we talked about Jesus in Mark 10:45. It says he came not to, to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. If you're visiting with us today, or maybe you've been here coming for a long time, you've never trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, I need you to understand something first and foremost. Our Lord left heaven, came to this earth to bear the sins of all mankind. Every one of us in this room are sinners in the eyes of God. Every one of us in this room have fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible makes that clear, and our lives testify to that. We all have messed up. And that sin separates me from God. But God saw fit to send his son and leave the throne of heaven and come to this sin-soaked earth and to live a life unlike any other and to die on that cross as only he can. And on that cross, he conquered all sin for all time for all who would believe. And my friend, if you're visiting with us this morning, if you've been coming for a while and you're not certain of your salvation, let me remind you, Romans 10 tells us, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're not certain of your salvation, if you don't know today that you're saved, before you need to serve, you need to first be saved. And so if you're not certain of your salvation, if you don't know for sure that if something happened to you today that you'd be in heaven, if you're not certain of that, my friend, don't leave out of here without getting that dealt with. You can come forward here in just a moment. We'll have some men here that will help you, and you can get, uh, get that handled this very morning. Today can be the day of your salvation. If you'd all stand with me and bow your heads, close your eyes in prayer, we have a time of invitation. I encourage you this morning.